Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Matt Harmon and I'm joined by the number one the leader of the Raheem Mostert fan club, uh, Yahoo's own Dalton Del Don. Now, reminder, everybody, you can sign up for fantasy football leagues right now over at Yahoo Sports. But Dalton, what's up, man? How's it going? This is a big, big week for you Mostert guys. First off, as the number one fan, I must tell you to pronounce his name correctly. It's Mostert for one. Oh, uh, man. Number two, I'm knee deep in... Baseball stuff right now, which is a whole nother issue uh, going on. So this is uh, a nice little uh, back. I'm willing to go talk some football with you back. It's been a while, Matt. How are you doing? I know you're you're not home yet, right? You're traveling all over the world. It seems like every time I do a pod with you, you're in a different location. Nice setup behind you this week, by the way. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm in my... Um I'm in my literally I'm, I'm a fantasy football trope right now. I am podcasting from my mom's basement uh, and behind me is several of my stepdad's trinkets. Uh, it's weird. It's like a, ever since my stepdad moved in here. I mean, and I love the guy. This is no shot at him, but it looks like a high class thrift store exploded in my childhood home. So that's kind of the backdrop we're working with right now. If you're watching this from a video perspective. But yeah, I'll be back in L.A. in a couple weeks. But for now, still back on the East Coast. But look. We've got bigger issues to talk about, Dalton. And let's start this off with, unfortunately, I feel like this is going to be a theme now for pretty much forever. we got to talk some COVID headlines here. Uh, speaking of baseball, the Marlins are looking to try and ruin the baseball season one week into this damn thing. What was your first thought when you saw that as it pertains to whether it's just that situation or what it means for football? coming up yeah it sucks because the marlins knew they had it and then they played and even like their opponent dd gregorius had like a kidney issue that made him extra susceptible so there are some serious issues that really suck here and um it's frustrating as a sports fan to get so excited baseball backs checking the box scores i mean i was loving it and then just immediately reality hits and football it feels like we're going to be dated you know uh, the news is going to come out just repeatedly over and over yeah um and I, I as a fan i hope no superstars drop out but obviously you can't blame any single one of them and so far, I don't know. What does this say about my guy Belichick? It's kind of weird, but the Patriots are the headliners here with multiple people being the first. But yeah, this is the new normal, constantly uh, checking who is you know, going to decide not to even uh, attempt to play football this season. Yeah, definitely. And that was my big takeaway with the with the Marlins issue, too. You know, at first, just seeing the headline and look like it's hard not to react to these things viscerally and in the moment because. Like you said, things are changing so rapidly by, you know, yesterday evening, I felt different than yesterday morning because in the morning it was just like 
great. A team has an outbreak. Of course they'd have an outbreak. Great. But then, it, you know, the more you read about it, it's like, it sounds like they were reckless, you know, personally, which it's, that's kind of how we're all living as a society right now. You know, like it doesn't always matter what me or, you know, my family does. What matters is that everybody else is also doing their part too. So it's like, great. Every other team is doing the right thing. One operation decides to go rogue and just play, even though they know they have positive cases. And now we've got games canceled, you know? So that's my big takeaway with football is like, hopefully that's what the league has learned. Like the league has continued to say that they have the ability of time, that they can learn what other teams or other sports leagues are doing and do right and do wrong. I hope that that's one issue that the league learns here is like a lot of this is going to be personal responsibility by the players. And, and, and that is, you know, how can you enforce that? How can you, you, you work that out? It's hard to say. No question. And the NFL has been slow to respond and other issues. Hopefully, right. It's a wake up call. And they do, you know, they, they come up with some some policies. Obviously, there's some some important people that have, that have voiced their concerns. And uh, yeah, this is just a big, a big one. Uh, football is uh, the rosters are, are, are obviously big, Massive. like baseball, not like basketball. And there can be far more close contact than these baseball players to this sport. So I don't know where we go from here. Obviously, these athletes are taking a greater risk. Man, I don't I don't know what to say. I'm just rooting that some how they figure out a way and football still a ways away. So maybe they can, you know, yeah, see what the baseball does wrong and try to come up with some parameters to fix it. But there's no question that there's just going to be just such a weird weirdness in life in general, but and certainly in sports for the foreseeable future. I mean, what if the star quarterback, you know, the week before the Super Bowl, I mean, gets it. I mean, there's all kinds of just absolutely crazy possibilities out there. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about the opt out guys, too. But one of the reasons Donta Hightower opted out was that he his fiance and he just you know they just had a baby uh russell wilson also just had a baby you know like and i mean it's it's just this is life it's all about what one family weighing a risk versus another and you can't really be the judge and jury of that because it's none of your damn business for sure but but that but that's the thing like maybe wilson feels comfortable with that maybe he doesn't maybe the seahawks just don't have russell wilson for a season that's some wild stuff that you could think about i'm sure sully our producer over here is going crazy as i'm talking about it but this is reality so let's talk about some of the guys who have been put on this uh reserve covid 19 list it's all rookies so far we've got three guys we've got Keyshawn vaughn from the buccaneers the rookie running back justin jefferson the rookie receiver from the minnesota vikings and isaiah wilson the offensive tackle first round pick of the the Tennessee Titans was pretty much supposed to be a one-to-one replacement for Jack Conklin. Pretty big piece there on a team that obviously wants to establish the run. We, I mean, we don't know what these guys, you know, they're, we don't know anything about it. It's, it's worth to, you know, we're not going to speculate about it, but any of your takeaways there about these guys generally for this season or, you know, players they're competing against. Yeah. I mean, I've been higher on the younger guys than most in early season drafts, but early summer, I should say, but Obviously, it's a concern if you miss even more time and dealing with this, but I don't know how we can speculate with so much time away. One thing I'll say is Ronald Jones has already been getting hype recently in this yeah. past whatever week to 10 Notice days that. like crazy. And now this is only going to fuel that fire. I definitely have a, a, a lot of Derrick Henry, so I, I'd like the, the line to to get healthy there. Um, I think you're going to probably allude to this next, but yeah, maybe the Patriots, if they keep losing a bunch of defensive players, maybe that affects uh, how their play calling is on offense. But yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn would be the biggest fantasy name here. And uh, yeah, just Ronald Jones hi- hi- hype machine but we'll only grow from here. Where, how do you feel about the whole Ronald Jones thing? Because, I mean, it seemed like at the at the point of the NFL draft, it was 
know, Keyshawn Vaughn could become the guy, you know, real big riser in rookie drafts. But, you know, Ronald Jones definitely has been getting some industry pump here the last few weeks. Are you are you in on Jones uh, at this point, regardless of the Vaughn COVID news? So I, I don't have a strong take here. I could see him really improving pass protection in the offseason. It seems like he worked hard, so maybe he has. And I've seen look at flashes in the past where he looked like a, a decent player. But I'm down on the Bucks in general, which we'll talk yeah. more about later because I'm so down on Brady on the Vance stats and his age and all that Vance stats and advanced age but we'll talk more about the receivers there so I would say in general I'm probably going to be out there because also typically we're running backs are getting taken in drafts I'd rather um more of a high upside Latavius Murray personally but but Ronald Jones is absolutely going to get pushed up in drafts and people love that offense I mean he has two receivers teammates are ranked <laughs> in the top eight two of them yeah uh, I mean, so t- people are going to be high on this stuff. You can get the feature back in that offense. Obviously, people will like that with Gronk. You know, he- he's a good blocker, too. So at least he was in his prime. So I could see the hype getting out of control there. So for me, I would be surprised if he ended up on any of my teams. Yeah, I, I kind of tend to agree with you. It's not really in the range, regardless of where I've been taking running backs at this point. So let's talk about the players who have opted out so far. Really, the only kind of maybe fringe fantasy player would be Marquise Goodwin from the Eagles. New acquisition this year. Maybe that just means more of a bump for, you know, Jalen Rager or whatever. But I think the more interesting thing here is how many Patriots players have opted out. We have Pat Chung, the safety, Donta Hightower, you know, former Super Bowl hero. That's He's a pretty big name player. Marcus Cannon, a starting offensive lineman there. Dan Vitali, he's he's opting out. Brandon Bolden, plenty of guys at this point. And I, I thought my, my takeaway here was, does this affect the construction of the New England Patriots because I think a lot of Patriots fans would say we're going to score points because our defense is by by defense you know they scored a lot of points defensively last season but these are two kind of Pat Chung and Donta Hightower at least pretty big pieces if this defense takes a step back that also might that that might mean that we need to reconfigure how this offense is going to look because I think everybody's kind of been projecting they're going to run the ball they're going to be very a run favored team, by the way, Sony Michelle, also uh, a health shocking, but Sony Michelle, a health question mark right now, just had a surgery recently. Maybe people start to look at Damian Harris, but if the Patriots defense starts to fall apart, I think that that has to change how we view this offense. A couple things. Marquez Goodwin, a former Niner, he's suffered a couple horrible tragedies off the field in the past. I hope, wish him all the best, man. Love that guy. The Patriots, okay, so I don't pretend to, to follow all the, the specific, uh, especially defensive players. So I had to look it up before. Pat Chung, you're right, big name. Um, I've seen people claim, you know, he like kind of runs the defense. But PFF graded him in like the 40s among safeties last year. So I'm not positive that they're going to be totally affected. And, it's, and, and the system is obviously the key with New England but yeah at some point you lose enough of the bodies it's gonna definitely matter and that pass rush was always a concern so I will say for the offense I mean I'm the weirdo who still thinks Stidham battle with Newton is a thing (laughs) Um, so even if I'm way off there so I will say two guys that I actually like in New England it's Damian Harris who said I I believe he leads Alabama running backs uh, all time yards per carry this guy no one gets talked about and, I, and he has some sneaky uh, nerd race, racer stats that people like. as Mohamed Sanu. Belichick's traded a second-round pick for him. And, I, you know, he makes some mistakes, of course, in the draft. But he's no dummy. And um, Sanu then suffered a, an injury. That's, so just forget what he did afterwards. So uh, I like Sanu as a, as a sleeper there to emerge. Everyone was draft Nikhil Harry above him. And obviously there's Edelman. So Sanu and Damian Harris and my guy Stidham are my sleepers on offense for the Pats. Yeah, just to 
circle back on that Sony Michelle point. According to Jeff Howe from The Athletic, his status is uncertain for the start of football activities as he had foot surgery in May. So he might, be, not, might, might not be cleared in time for practice, which this is a pretty typical story with Sony Michelle. Chronic knee issue offers zero as receiver. I'm, I'm not interested in him, man. There's no upside. I, I would rather Harris. There's an unknown. The, the yeah. Patriots make these guys wait sometimes a year. Like what, It doesn't mean that Belichick's down on them. They, sometimes they just make these, these young guys earn their play. Yeah, I was in on uh, Harris coming into the NFL. I thought he was like a Pierre Thomas type of player, you know, jack of all trades, real master of none type of guy. But that sounds like a pretty perfect Patriots fit, you know, so and I think that this offense, even if the defense does take a few steps back, you know, they're probably they're not going to become like one of the worst defenses in the league where they have to start throwing the ball all over the yard. They don't have the receivers to do that. I think their running game, along with the fact that Look, Dalton, I think I think Cam Newton's probably going to be the starting quarterback. But, uh, you know, if, if Cam's starting quarterback, he, he, they're definitely going to be a run-heavy team just because of the way that Cam plays football. So I think we want to be in on that running back. I think Harris makes a lot of sense from that, that standpoint. And I think the Sanu call is really sharp because, number one, he's probably the cheapest of the, the top three guys right now. There has at least – this offseason is going to be uh, the stone worst for, like, typical reports out of training camp who's looking good whose rapport is great because not just of uh the limited practice time and the fact that there's no preseason reporters can't even really report where guys are lining up they can't talk about formations and packages and that stuff but Sanu has been getting pretty good hype just for how much he's trying to come back from his own injury with a personal trainer living with him and all this stuff and he and Cam have started to throwing started throwing and catching together before camp anyway so they get to play Josh Allen Adam Gase and the Dolphins offensive line, 37% of their games. I mean, that, that's just really helpful. All outdoors and, and just situations on offense that you could really say are, are worrisome. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that they're set up pretty well to succeed as like an individual defense, even if they take a few steps back just because of their division. So that's pretty much the highlights of the the opt-out news. I think, we're like you said, we're pretty much going to have to keep – monitoring this thing because it could change uh we just have no idea i am kind of waiting for that first big superstar to drop i don't know if it if and when it's going to happen like i said i know that my take will be do whatever you think is best it's all about your personal choice and if you're one of these lunatics that says well they can opt out of their career uh i can't just opt out of going my going to my job during a pandemic well become one of the three best linebackers in the world and maybe then you can uh opt out of your job but until then give me a break so let's get into something a little fun uh here right now everybody knows that the nfl 100 list you know the top 100 players that the nfl network puts out that the players vote on every player seems to come out and say like no one takes this seriously jeff schwartz who used to play offensive line in the nfl said that whenever he would get it he would vote for his brother mitchell schwartz who's the right tackle for the chiefs now and then just vote for all his teammates so Players probably aren't out here like looking at all the advanced metrics. I don't think they know, you know, Tom Brady's YPA under pressure or anything like that. And that's what they're basing their opinion off of. But every now and again, it does seem to create a little controversy here. And my guy Keenan Allen from the L.A. Chargers, he got put down on a list a little lower than he thought. He said, and the list goes on, are not a better receiver than me, faster than me every day of the week, but separation child, please, which uh, means he thinks he's just, you know, he thinks he's better than these guys. He thinks he's got them on route running. Now the current Yahoo ADP for these guys, they're all pretty, they're all pretty up there except Keenan Allen, Tyree kill wide receiver three, 
Chris Godwin, wide receiver six, Evans, wide receiver eight, Allen, all the way down there at wide receiver 19. I got to tell you, Dalton, I have started to kind of come around on the LA Chargers in general. I feel like the market has overcorrected on some of these guys because of the Tyrod Taylor effect. And I've kind of found, I found myself sort of warming back up to Keenan Allen now. Okay, so a couple things. You can talk real life, Mr. Reception Perception, um, and, all, and I'll, because I am more down on him in, in, in fantasy, but not not in the sense that I think he's a bad real life player. And I think you do, you're going to come at me with some really good stats because he, he he is good in real life. But no, I am on the on the down crowd here. I had him wide receiver 27, which is definitely lowest among us Yahooers. But surprisingly, ECR it's it's about similar. So my thinking is. Rivers threw a ton of picks last year. I get it, but he was whatever top ten in the in the nerd stats as far as his accuracy. There's Mike Williams there, a healthy Hunter Henry, the best receiving back in the NFL. That's just a lot of mouths to feed with possibly Tyrod Taylor or a, a rookie quarterback. I'm very down on. I can't see them spending the number six pick and not starting Herbert half the season. Um, in first, Keenan Allen, let's not forget, the first four years of his career was very injury prone. Now, three straight 16-plus games, maybe that's nothing, but something to put in the back of your mind. Last three years, you can't ask for more than 159, 136, and 149 targets. Never scored more than six touchdowns, and that was with Philip Rivers throwing to him. So I just don't even see the upside there. And um, I, I don't know, with aging and with all those mouths to feed and a different quarterback, um, yeah, I, I will have zero, zero uh, Keenan Allen on my, on my fantasy teams this year. Yeah, I definitely get it. It's a lot to... To, to parse out there in terms of the targets. I think Mike Williams, we can talk about him a little bit later, but I don't think Mike Williams is ever going to be one of those like high target guys. I think he's just somebody that, man, there were, but there was nobody last year that was thrown into more contested situations by Philip Rivers' lollipop arm. And Mike Williams, to his credit, a really, really good 50 ball receiver, 50, 50 ball receiver. But I don't know that that is always going to be, you know, that that's a guy you want to throw 120 passes to just because those passes are so low percentage. So I think Allen can still command 120 plus looks. And I like Tyrod Taylor is not a bad quarterback. He had an awful, a couple awful games with the Browns last year. They pulled the, they pulled the cord really quickly because Mayfield was the number one overall pick. I think Herbert, because of the COVID-adjusted offseason, is going to be even more behind the eight ball than I expected. And, you know, like I said, Tyrod, when he was the the Bills starter, they were never a high-volume passing offense, but they were pretty careful. He kept drives moving because he can run a little bit. I do think that somebody's going to be a big loser here in, in this Chargers passing offense, but I could definitely see it being... Hunter Henry. I could definitely see it being Mike Williams. Like guys, they just don't almost do next to nothing. Whereas like Austin Eckler, and I think Keenan Allen probably still get theirs in the passing game. The thing that's it's interesting you say that about Mike Williams and how tough the you know the the level of difficulty his targets are because he's still very impressive yards per route run. Yep. He could be a monster with the right quarterback. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he had more fantasy value than Allen. Allen is definitely a safe pick, especially in PPR. That maybe you're right about the tar- why. I mean, why take him away from him? He's he is their most established and best uh, receiver. So, yeah, I, I'm probably the, the, the crazy guy who will draft a Michael Gallup with upside or someone uh, around there. But, um, yeah, so so I, I'm more worried about him. So many mouths to feed and, and the whole second half or the fantasy playoffs, Justin Herbert throwing throwing it at his feet, and, you know, six <laughs> running six-yard slant. So that's what I worry about. I will say with the Chargers, I am warming to more uh, Joshua Kelly. What surprise, me and the rookie running backs. But um, the more I read up on him and um, the, the coaching staff and uh, – you know, my worry about Eckler taking the feature back role there. Um, I'm, I'm kind of warming to Kelly. Yeah, we definitely, I think we definitely see the, uh, 
the the Chargers uh, in different in different ways because I'm really in on Austin Eckler and as well as Keenan Allen. Like I said, I think I think Mike Williams with the right quarterback, I think that's a good call. He could be like he's just so good in those contested situations. Why not just keep throwing it to him? But I, I definitely agree with you, Keenan Allen. Not a lot of upside, but one more point I'll make on this. And you know, he isn't a re- he's a reception perception stud. Route running is incredible, but like a lot of the routes he runs, slant, curl, dig, those intermediate in breaking routes. I remember the biggest criticism with Tyrod Taylor when he was the Bills starting quarterback was that he just, you know, could never, he never really mastered the middle of the field. So much was he went outside the numbers or whatever. And obviously that could be a problematic fit there for that reason. So just something to keep in mind on. I I think that Allen is a little bit of a value in fantasy, but and, and then in real life, I mean, this is it's tough. It's tough to parse between these these guys because they all do things so differently. Tyreek Hill, very good reception perception player. That the Bucks combo also have their way about it. But Keenan Allen was not done yet. Let's let's keep let's keep this rolling here because he was uh, he was not ready to stop. He also said he's the best wide receiver in the AFC West without question. I think that. Cortland Sutton on the upper trajectory, but not quite to Keenan Allen's level. Obviously, his teammate, Mike Williams, no thanks. Jerry Judy, maybe on the up and up at some point. The Hill, uh, the Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen discussion is kind of interesting. I know, I know this is not a fantasy question, Dalton, but like just tactically, you're starting a team from g- ground zero. Which one of these guys are you picking to be your top receiver? I probably would go with the explosive guy with Terry Kill, but obviously it matters. He has a perfect fit there. And what is he, the only guy to be that weight and size and to have longevity? So, I mean, maybe that's that's crazy, but maybe that's why I would take him because he's such a, a unicorn. So as much as I'm down on the Bucks fantasy-wise, Chris Godwin, it's tough for me to say he's not better than current version of Keenan Allen. I mean, what a monster he looks like. Uh, interesting to say that about Sutton because you watch more tape because I look, you know, better yards per route run as a sophomore with those quarterbacks last year than Allen. Yeah, I mean, Allen's a technician. I mean, he gets it done. You, the percentages you, you put up uh, with man or whatever, he's, it's very impressive. So he's, uh, he's really good. And that would be, um, you know, that we're nitpicking here. But if I were to start a franchise, probably Tyree Kill, right? I think that's the, I think Keenan Allen is the better player, but like Tyree Kill just changes the way that you you know, you have to defend the entire operation. But like right? helps like, your running game more, you know, unquantifiable yeah. stuff, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, let's let's not forget that Tyree Kill started to really burst on the scene with Alex Smith at quarterback. So, like, obviously, Patrick Mahomes just unlocked even more from uh, that that receiver. But I think that Tyree Kill goes beyond just being like part of Patrick Mahomes. It's not it's not just the fact that Mahomes is the best uh, football player on the planet. But Sutton's interesting because do are you in on Cortland Sutton this year? He's wide receiver sixteen at in Yahoo ADP. I thought he could have just a awesome year but you know Jerry Judy might be the better long-term bet as the Broncos number one receiver and even this year I think there's there's a lot of guys that people expect to break out from that Denver offense and we really don't quite know what level Drew Locke is at this point just yet if things would have uh, broken right in the offseason for Sutton, I could have seen uh, me being as aggressive as top 10, top 5 even, but they didn't. They went the opposite. No, Few people saw their fantasy value you know, go lo- lose more in my eyes. I have him 25th among wide receivers, which means I'll have him on zero of my teams. Yeah, they drafted Judy, Noah Fant, and I'm not sure if Drew Locke is, is great or not. And it's, I mean, it's not Gordon's going to be like a bell cow. They're going to throw to him more, the backs more. So, uh, yeah, I, Judy, yeah, he's a real deal. And now they got to, so I really think with volume and a shaky quarterback, uh, no, Sutton's going too high in drafts for me. 
Yeah, I agree. I think he's an awesome talent, but um, yes. yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, just one of the one of those guys, like the souped up version of Mike Williams, where like you throw him a ball in contested situations, he's probably going to get get it get down with it. Also, took one of the biggest risers. Not the biggest riser ever, uh, but one of the biggest risers from year one to year two in reception perception went from like, you know, the bottom of the league to at least above at least above average. Uh, I think he's rookie year. He was, you know, he flashed a little bit, but it was not unexpected that it took some time for him to kind of mature as a route runner. Then in year two, he really takes that next step, which is also just another reason, like just because a guy has, you know, whatever of a rookie year, leave that open that they can potentially improve as sophomores. Luckily, we've got a lot of uh, exciting sophomore receivers this year coming in. So uh, I think that's a did you I thought you had a couple uh, receivers you wanted to to run in on while yes. we're talking receivers. Yes, I had a couple. I made a couple moves on my uh, rankings on receivers, and so I got to ask uh, ask you your thoughts. Um, I think you agree with uh, with them, so a little change than so far. <laughs> um, I, I, I moved Devontae Adams to number one over Michael Thomas uh, on my board, and the more I think about it, it's like kind of a no-brainer because, yeah. I mean, the Saints, they added Emmanuel Sanders, Drew Brees is old. Um, Michael Thomas, again, amazing setting records and all that. But, man, you're getting 185 targets. You still can't score 10 touchdowns. <laughs> uh, Jared Cook Jared Cook was, you know, the second half last year was a beast in the red zone. Adams, real-life player, if he's a superstar or not, 12 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, 30 touchdowns. They still don't have a number two receiver. The defense is going to take a step back. The running game cannot score as much, just targeted endlessly. So I feel like that's like, and you you know, just simple regression. Like, why are you going to pay the price for someone coming off a historical season? So, Devontae Adams, I'm comfortably moving ahead of Michael Thomas. Thoughts? I am right there with you. I put out the article why Adams is my number one receiver this year. And I mean, it's it's like you said, too, just just typically, uh, you know, you're not going to see guys run back that type of performance that Michael Thomas had. You're also not going to see very often like running back number one finishes as running back number one the next year. Wide receiver one finishes as wide receiver one the next year. Like there's it's not as if you're making a bad pick when you're picking Michael Thomas. However, the odds that Devontae Adams finishes ahead of him in fantasy are pretty good because of all the things you mentioned. I think it was a unique confluence of events that led to Thomas having enough targets to set the record last year to have that monster season. You know, no one else in the wide receiver room was worth a damn. Jared Cook was you know, coming on his first year of the, of the, of the season, but or the first year with the team. Not everything was clicking in terms of Alvin Kamara from a health perspective all year. Now they add Sanders. Like you said, Kamara is back to to full strength. He should command a ton of balls in the passing game. That offense has gotten a little more crowded, not to mention I think that the Saints will probably be a little bit more run heavy with Drew Brees there all year because they'll just be a good overall team. The Packers, I think, could take a step back as an entire team. Uh, I think they could. Their defense was a mess down the stretch. I don't think they did enough to improve that there. They didn't add anybody of consequence in the passing game. Tight end, their tight end, uh, Jay Sternberger, is supposed to be the starter. Uh, his next catch in the NFL will be his first. Alan Lazard is a is an ultimate maybe. So yeah, I think that this is pretty much just a, a wait and see in terms of everybody else around Adams. And as you like. You alluded to it. Adams is a superstar player. We talked about improvement with Cortland Sutton. I, I will ne- always mention this when it comes to Devontae Adams. I've never seen a player 
in reception perception history take this kind of jump. In 2014, Devontae Adams finished with a 47% success rate versus man coverage. That is the second percentile in reception perception history dating back six years. Fast forward to 2018, he finishes at the 99th percentile. Last year, despite not being 100%, the 96th percentile. That is unbelievable improvement going from, you know, like the stone worst route runner in the league. That 2015 season, he was a complete mess to now he's absolutely one of the best. So huge credit to him. I think he is a superstar player, which I think is part of the ingredient of having that type of season where he is the wide receiver one. Aaron Jones had 15 catches in the second half last year. I mean, Devontae Adams might have 200 targets this year. This is uh, Rogers is going to pepper him. Okay. So that one, I knew you, you agreed with this one. I know you like this guy, but I'm, I'm curious if you, if you agree with the conclusion, I moved Allen Robinson over Deandre Hopkins too much of an unknown with Arizona and a new environment. Uh, I know Allen Robinson's injury prone. That is a concern there, but Nick Foles is legitimately going to be the best quarterback he's played with. Put up, he like led the league in touchdowns as a sophomore with Bortles, fourteen hundred yards. Obviously, uh, preaching the choir here. I mean, you'll put up better yeah. stats than I will even say. So, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm actually comfortable with that one too. I'm not even hesitant. I'm like, I'm, I'm confident in it. Allen Robinson over Hopkins. I don't hate it one bit. I think you could easily rank uh, Robinson as like wide receiver five or something uh, this did, year. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think that's totally within the range of outcomes. Elite player. You know, I know that everybody that follows reception perception knows that Allen Robinson is a series favorite. Uh, he's been uh, one of my guys for a long, long time. And I think the construction of the Bears offense this year is pr- it's still very, very shallow. You know, those tight end guys whatever. I don't expect Jimmy Graham to make a big impact. Anthony Miller, I love as a breakout. Love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We love, we love Anthony Miller as a breakout player, but after that in the wide receiver room, you're looking at like Ted Ginn or Riley Ridley, you know, just a bunch of goofballs at this point. So I think that Allen Robinson is in a great position to run back or maybe even exceed the target level he saw last year. Uh, and obviously, like you mentioned, the quarterback um, upgrade there is pretty huge. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have any problems with that ranking at all. OK, last one. I think you tweeted about these guys. So just curious, further thoughts on the Seattle situation. Hey, I'm curious your, the trade, but those whiteouts, I'm just moving up my board. Um, I'd happily take any bets out there. Uh, Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf versus Godwin and Mike Evans fantasy value this year. No problem. DK Metcalf, usually I'm the younger guy with the more upside. But man, I can't deny Lockett. The, 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 don't forget his stats last year. He got suffered that leg injury that he tried to play through. So yeah. Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf, I'm super high on. Like I said, I'd rather than that combo than Godwin. And Evans, who, like I said, both have top eight uh, ADPs right now. So thoughts? Yeah, love that. And I actually love that you compared those two guys because I did put out a thread on this. If anyone wants to go check it out, hashtag reception perception and just type in Metcalf. You'll find it there. I've been brewing this one for a while, but I think Lockett and Metcalf can be a top five wide receiver duo if not they if they aren't already by the end of the year. Put out a ton of reception perception stats for these guys. Metcalf is interesting because they only assigned over 53% of his routes in reception perception were just a slant or a nine route. I mean, they (laughs) really (laughs) simplified. That's smart though, right? Yes. used to not do that, right? He was raw, right? That's why he lasted the second, end of the second round, which killed me as a Niners fan because you saw him shirtless. It was just a joke. And yeah, it's okay. Perfect. Then let him do what he excels in, right? That's very smart. And I don't like to say that often with the Seattle coaching being smart, but in this instance, (laughs) they were. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. And they also only lined him up on one side of the field. 63% of his snaps at left wide receiver that was the highest of any receiver outside receiver charted from one alignment last year yeah like you said it, he dominated on those particular 
particular routes. Second best slant success rate among guys last year. One of the highest nine route success rates, uh, you know, well over the NFL average. Just ask him to do what he can do and let him crush it. I still think that Metcalf is a Des Bryant type player. Des, very similar. There's there's a, a tweet in there, too, in this thread. Definitely, like I said, go check it out. Shows how similar peak Des was to rookie year DK Metcalf in terms of assignment. And obviously, Dez's success rates are a little bit better, but they're within that same range. But all that DK positivity, like you said, it cannot take away from the fact that Tyler Lockett is a superstar player. Reception perception's always been high on Lockett, but it finally happened last year in terms of him becoming that superstar. Fifth best success rate versus man coverage in 2019. Third best success rate versus press. I mean... He well, like you said, it's great to point out that he had that injury, which really did start to slow him down. But then he started to come back strong, had a really good playoff uh, run there too. So, yeah, I think Lockett's a true number one receiver. I think DK Metcalf can be a one B, and it's great that you brought up those Bucks receivers because I wouldn't be surprised if it's a very similar situation to Tampa Bay last year, just in terms of those guys pushing for like fifty percent of the team targets. Won't be the same amount of raw passing volume in Seattle. We know that, but. I think that those two guys could run the market share in Seattle. Monsters totally good. Lockett, the only receiver ever to have a perfect passer rating when when targeted. What was that a couple years ago? Um, yeah. So what if a tight end doesn't emerge there? Their defense takes yeah. a step back. Chris Carson gets hurt. Uh, you could see the path to to a higher volume here. For so, what do you make of the that defense? The, the trade, the Seattle trade. Jamal Adams. They gave up. I, I read to equivalent of the number one or number two overall pick. Big contract. Uh, but they always mess up first round picks anyway. People say playing for now makes sense with Russell Wilson. <laughs> Um, yeah, so what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, my first thought was like, and I know this is not the way to think about it because it's just like it's it is like you're giving up equity, you're giving up draft capital, which is you know always problematic. Uh, but it's like, yeah, great. Now they won't have the chance to draft some weird pass rusher who will never work or work out or a two down linebacker in the first round. What a bummer. Um, I think Adams is an awesome player. I think he's been a legit superstar ever since he got into the league. And it's like you want to you want to get those guys. It's also kind of a coup that he said he'll play on his rookie deal this year in Seattle. And then they'll talk contract later because that was a big issue with him and the Jets. Who knows? He clearly just wanted to get away from the Jets. And I applaud him for getting it done. I love like I love this strategy now by NFL players. It's not as extreme as Antonio Brown, but it's sort of in that vein where it's like, I want to get out of here. I'm just going to annoy the hell out of this team until they have no choice but to get away, get me out of here uh, because I want to get away. And, and, you know, that's their prerogative. The only counter I'll save to, uh, against Seattle in that trade is that uh, opportunity costs, and I haven't really seen this raise much, but they're now completely out on Jadavian Clowney. And PFF just graded them as literally the worst pass rush. And as a Niners fan, I mean, I'd rather them have Jamal Adams and lack of draft capital the next three years and big contract than Clowney. I mean, that, that's that's yeah. that was my thought there. What what do you make of now Sam Darnold, who the Jets with with Gase? Uh, Sam Darnold is so young, but what are they going to move on now if they finish the horrible record? And, they, and you see he is saddled with Gase for at least half this year. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Darnold? I feel bad for Sam Darnold, man. I mean, whether you think he can be a great quarterback or not is almost irrelevant because if I'm Sam Darnold, I'm looking at 
what the Ravens have done for Lamar Jackson, you know, design an offense around him, draft a receiver and Marquise Brown in the first round, get these really good tight ends going. <laughs> they drafted another receiver too that same year where they drafted Marquise Brown. Uh, then you look at what the what the Browns have done for Baker Mayfield, trade for Odell Beckham, sign Jarvis Landry, you know, have all this stuff going on there. You look at what the Bills have done for Josh Allen, trade for Stefan Diggs. They get John Brown. They remake a totally broken receiver core. And the Jets got you Brashad Perryman. So rid of like, Robbie Anderson, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Rid of Robbie Anderson, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's just, for Sam Donald, I think he's almost been set up to to just fight an uphill battle at this point. Whether he could ever have been a, I mean, I still think there's a chance he could be a really good quarterback. Uh, but I just also hate the way the Jets offense is constructed too. I hate the way Adam Gase calls plays. I don't think Jamison Crowder is a bad player, but I don't think you can funnel an offense through a player like that. And it seems like the Gase offense continually wants to do that. Darnold was over-reliant on Crowder last year, just like those Miami offenses were over-reliant on those five-yard passes to Jarvis Landry. I don't think you can run a, a healthy offense that way. Yeah, Gase never used the tight end too, and I want to like her- Chris Herndon a lot, but I'm worried there. But hopefully... Well, hopefully, yeah. The, the Gase experiment doesn't last probably the whole season, man, because they need to move on. And I mean, obviously, there's problem both internally, obviously, with Adams and externally with all the the, the the play calling. So, yeah, frustrating situation for Sam Darnold for sure. But I, I'm personally not not giving up on him. I mean, he's so young and the situation has been so bad. The, the problem is, though, you know, say you get rid of Gase this year, you're going to have to get a coach. Right, that wants to buy in on Darnold. And okay. then also your time is you've already wasted all of the time of like his rookie deal, putzing him around with guys like Jamison Crowder and, and Brashad Perryman. So, and the offensive line stinks too. And uh, they signed a running back who, you know, may or may not be great anymore. <laughs> Hard to say. So last thing we'll hit on here, uh, just some Washington football team news. Alex Smith is expected to start the season on the active PUP, which is crazy. And Ron Rivera, the head coach there, says that if he is, you know, if he's healthy, if he's active, he's part of, quote, the QB equation. Does that mean he can compete with Dwayne Haskins? I have no idea. I, t- I tend to doubt it, but it would give them really ni- a really nice piece of a backup insurance if Alex Smith is going to play. Also, by the way, just like, unbelievable comeback story number two another guy with injury questions Darius Geist tweeted he's cleared for the 2020 season right now his ADP puts him in the same tier as guys like Kareem Hunt Cam Akers DeAndre Swift I know you're a big Gibson guy but where do you stand on Geist right now okay a couple days uh first Alex Smith I wish him the best I hope that's true and he's fully recovered but man if you watch that Stefania Bell documentary that looked brutal his leg if he really is able to contribute the NFL level that would be surprising but um Love Alex Smith, despite my 49ers drafting him ahead of Aaron Rodgers, who went to Butte <laughs> College, the same next to Chico. And then I played at college uh, 10 miles down the road from San Francisco. But that's neither here nor there. Do wish Alex Smith the best, but I'm definitely betting on uh, Dwayne Haskins improving, too, too, man. I'm not, I'm not giving up on him either. I'm all in on Terry McLaurin. Yeah, Gibson's a nice sleeper, but I've, I've lowered him more on my rankings. And I've actually, I, I'm totally dumb. He's going to get hurt probably before this podcast airs. But Darius Geis, I looked before we did this, and I believe I'm the highest in the, in the 
industry. Uh, I'm running back 22. That's crazy that he's near Kareem Hunt. That, that's, that's crazy. I, and I'm a big on those Swift acres. It does look like more of a committee, unfortunately, there. Uh, I do like Dondre Swift. But Darius Geis, man, you see the picture of those, uh, those leg muscles, dude, that guy in the, in the highlights. <laughs> um, I think he's, uh, there's no competition there. I mean, maybe Adrian Peterson's going to play till he's 50. But um, I, I like, I think it's a, a really interesting defensive line Washington has there. So I think that team's going to show major improvement. And I would not be surprised if Geis immediately emerges as a feature back. Those are so hard to come by. So he's one of the very, if, you, if someone asked me, give me five targets, you know, injuring, uh, Darius Geis would be one of my answers. Wow. That you have a lot of conviction on a backfield that puts my brain in a pretzel. Uh, they've got guys like you mentioned, Peterson trying to play till he can pay off all of his debt. So he will play. So he will play forever, by the way. Uh, they, they did draft Gibson, like you said, Darius guys. But also Bryce Love passed his physical, too, yes, after recovering from multiple surgeries on his injured right knee. Like, you know, we'll see with a lot of these guys. Also, by the way, don't forget, they have the great Peyton Barber. And what's that? J.D. McKissick from the Lions. They've it's just, it's just like, every oh. NFL team has six bodies in their backfield. Every NFL yeah. team I could name six. Right. I'm, I'm not concerned. It's just a weird, that's a weird group. And a lot of guys like love, uh, you know, and guys and Peters and who are big names, but we'll see. I mean, it could just truly be that guys does finally emerge. I think he's a really good player. I think he looks like a, you know, a, aggressive, like that typical rolling ball of knives. I think that's what Darius guys plays like. And this would, that would be a great uh, structural fit with what the uh, Washington football team wants to be under Ron Rivera. But we'll see. I think that he, that he, could be something to watch. Maybe I'll buy, I buy, I mean, he's certainly working super hard in the off season. It looks great. And maybe you're just, you're just injury prone. He's going to be injury prone. And, or maybe it's just been a couple bad luck things here. And I just see a lot of upside there. And you certainly do not have to draft him where I have him ranked. I mean, yeah. he, he'll go, you know, mid rounds, whatever. There's a lot of busts those rounds anyway. So um, if you're taking like the mid round upside running back, I, I'm just going to say guys, but again, I'll probably look foolish. He won't even make it uh, you know, to the start of the season. I'm sure. Just real quick back to Alex Smith. I just saw an Adam Gase quote where he's thinking about, about putting a quarterback in quarantine. Is that an Alex Smith option? You know, just put him in bubble wrap and just in case your whole quarterback room gets sick and then you could throw him out there. Like a quarantine a quarterback. Yeah. I think a lot of teams are going to think, think about doing that. So, I mean, Alex Smith would be probably better than, you know, Luke Falker, whoever right. the Jets quarantine quarterback is going to be. Oh, that's a great point. Backup depth is going to matter more than ever. A quarterback position, dude, yeah, he could play two or three games, be serviceable. Absolutely. That's an excellent point. And, and thank God for Nick Mullins, too. I look, good thing the Niners have oh, a yeah. star waiting in the wings as well. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if that is <laughs> no going to be. No, no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in on serious. Mullins. I like it. Mull, okay, Mull, I was, it. I'm in on Mullins mania. Uh, but like, okay. look, it's it's interesting to think about that. Like, whether teams will just you know quarantine their backup quarterback because that like Washington would be who's the other quarterback that they have on their rosters? It's not it's not still Case Keenum anymore. But oh, it's Kyle. Allen. Oh my God, it's my guy Kyle, Kyle Allen. Allen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Alex Smith, Alex Smith. <laughs> yeah, but they could. But that's a good point, Sully. Like they could they could put Alex Smith in bubble wrap quarantine and put him away. Don't even come around the facility. Don't get, you know, code with the rest of these guys or just, you know, ride it. Do Rex Grossman uh, used to just ride around in a golf cart in Washington uh, and during practices and stuff like just hoping he'd never have to play. Maybe they just let him do that. Ride the golf cart around practice, whatever. Kyle Allen's like your typical traditional backup quarterback so that when, you know, the quarterback room gets infected or whatever, you got Alex Smith there. 
good God, I can't believe we're talking uh, about this when it comes to football stuff. It's going to be a crazy season, man. Poor Bruce Arians is going to have to stay away. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. it's, just a, it's a tough situation, man. It's uh, Yeah, it, this is just fluid, and it's constantly going to be uh, ever-changing. It, it, it sucks, man. It, it really is. It's a tough situation, but uh, I... I hope we get to see sports. That's all I have to say. I, I am. Yeah. Yeah. No one is out there uh, rooting against sports like some of these lunatics on Twitter think is happening because uh, that would be bad for all of us. Uh, but I hope globally we also <laughs> are in a good place as well. So some notes before we get out of here. We're going to be back on Thursday with a special announcement about our schedule for August and beyond. So obviously get excited about that. In the meantime, subscribe to the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Therese Paler and Charles Robinson. And just another heads up that you can sign up for fantasy football on Yahoo right now. We have standard leagues, best ball, the whole damn thing. We've got it. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. That is at Dalton Del Don. We are out. I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to follow us on social media at skullduggerypod